everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we are back live slash pre-recorded, uh, coming into wherever you are finding yourself. This is the, uh, we'll be talking about the gospel, as we always do, uh, for this upcoming Sunday, which is the Sunday of May 2nd, so you're listening to it uh, the week after April 25th. Uh, Getting into May, we are marching, marching, marching towards Pentecost. Always always another season to march through and towards. That's the fun of the liturgical calendar, you know? It's got these great rhythms. Are we marching in the light of God? We are marching in the light of God through Easter. Yes. Charlotte, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Um, I actually have like kind of a joy, I'm having a really joyful week because this, well, and it will have happened already when you're listening to the podcast, but tomorrow Christchurch Day School goes back to full classes, full days. So after a year of everything closing down and then tentative steps to reopening and being open with half days, half of the student population, the fact that we are now in a place where we can bring every student on campus for a full day of learning and get to know their classmates is a pretty joyful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just feel incredibly grateful that I'm grateful for science, Mm -hmm. that this is where we are at this point, that we are in the the land of returning to Mm -hmm. things. Maybe they look different and maybe they are different, but we are in a time of returning, and that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It it's feels very hopeful. All the the openings. There's at the same time, you know, still concerning numbers in a lot of different places in the country of mm-hmm. growing COVID cases. So it's always feeling tentative, still. But that's the tension: hope and tentative hope. Kind of. Um, All right. Well, I want to share, like we always do to start the podcast, a place that I saw God this past week. And uh, the first thing that came to mind was uh, my writing and preaching uh, sermon Mm. this past Sunday. I preach at Good Sam about once a month. Uh, Usually I preach on like the third Sunday of the month. And then if there's a fifth Sunday and then sometimes on the first because... We go back and forth doing uh, kid-friendly sermons, which we always do on the first Sunday of the month. But um, I was, as you know, last uh, last Sunday, April 11th, was when Dante Wright was shot and killed. And then I think it was maybe Tuesday or something like that, that the video of Adam Toledo being shot and killed was the, the body cam footage was released to the public. So I just like... I just had to talk about it, mm-hmm. um, both in my feelings of like what was what needed to be talked about from the pulpit in light of the gospel, and also for my own processing of it, and what I assumed was other people's desire to think about it and hear about it, and you know, talk about it in that space. I think it's a really, it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a powerful space. The, the, the pulpit and the preaching space is really 
important, you know, and it can mm-hmm. be wielded with great power and great irresponsibility. Um, so I was just trying to hold that, hold that all and also like, you know, be um, faithful to the gospel and what, you know, I was, I was being called to say. And it was just a really hard sermon to write. And I, it was a, it was kind of a painstaking process. And there's like my experience of sermon writing recently is just kind of like not trying to make happen what isn't happening already and just kind of give it time to, to come to me. And I didn't finish the sermon till like seven o'clock Sunday morning. And I was preaching at eight and at 10. Mm -hmm. And, but it was, you know, I felt like I had given, I was really, I was feeling, I felt really good about what I was able to say about the space that I inhabited there in, in the pulpit. And, um, and I, you know, I got, I I was appreciative of the feedback for it, but I think where I, where I felt God's movement in that was in the discomfort of it, in the wrestling with it, in the waiting kind of for it, but also in the naming of what I felt like I wanted to name in the way that I wanted to name it. And just like a general feeling of being present to myself in the process. And, um, and I, and that was as, as much as it was like anxiety producing, it was also grace filled and feeling. So that was where I saw God this week. Uh, in my sermon. And I think David, that what I love about that and I preach sometimes too, is that I often know when the spirit is moving and I'm trying to push the spirit, like, oh, the sermon's got to be done by this day so I can have it practice this amount and be ready for this. And yet the idea or my acceptance of the idea isn't there yet. And it's such a powerful reminder that of waiting for God, right? Like of, of living into that moment, like you had to be fully present and ready in order to write the sermon that needed to be written. Yeah. And that was by 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And because it's also possible to write a sermon that doesn't really need to be written or preached. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh (laughs) And I've heard a lot of those sermons, too. Uh, Yeah. And I think it's I think it is born out of my desire. Like, I want to finish it earlier. That would be really good. But there's also, you know, it's also like like uh, giving yourself over to a, a larger process, you know, that that in the end always works out and mm-hmm. is also hopefully, you know, saying something that is, that is resonating with the people also in the room. You know, if, I feel like if I'm, if I'm being authentic and honest and vulnerable in what I'm saying, then that's going to connect with people. If it connects mm-hmm. with me on a, on a real, on any kind of a real level, then it will connect with the other people that are listening in some way. Right. So now we're going to get into the gospel. Uh, this is the gospel for, like I said, May Sunday, May 2nd. Uh, you know, we would also, again, always love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection, or we'd love to hear where you saw God this week. You can email us, faith2go at edst.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org, or you can contact us through or follow us on Instagram at faith2go. Charlotte's going to read the gospel, which is John 15, 1 through 8, and then we'll each highlight a point and then share a point at the end. 
Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I am then bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. All right. Bear much fruit and become my disciples. That's so interesting. It's like they're not his disciples already. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really heard that that way before. Okay. Anyway... Um, so there, this, uh, story is from chapter 15 of John's gospel. Uh, last week we heard another, I am, I am the good shepherd was last week's. And that was from chapter 10. Uh, so the difference between last week's I am statement and this week's is the place that Jesus is, uh, and the people that he's with. So this I am statement is part of what we would call Jesus's farewell dialogue with his disciples. So he's in Jerusalem. This is after his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and he's with his disciples. And these are kind of his very, his many parting words. Cause it's like three chapters worth of, of goodbyes yeah. to the disciples. So that's where we are. Jesus is with, with his disciples in Jerusalem for their last time of being together before he's arrested. And the only thing that the, the one thing that I wanted to think about in terms of the context of the liturgical season is like thinking about why now we've gotten two I am statements in a row in Easter, you know, and like thinking about thinking about the, the, the trappings of the season and then what the readings are that are coming up because these John readings are not like the way that the lectionary is, is set up is that John is kind of sprinkled in here and there in all of the years. So that's how we get all four gospels in a three year cycle. And so these, these John readings are selected for a reason you know, and they're put where they are for a reason. So we get a lot of John readings in the Easter season when we're thinking about resurrection, when we're talking about kind of the ongoing work of Jesus after his like earthly ministry uh, before his death. And, and so just like John, like think about what it was like to write these gospels that, that all the gospel writers were writing things, looking back and trying to make sense of this kind of now cosmic reality of Christ, of Jesus, of resurrection. You know, before before his death, Jesus was kind of like a, a you know, a, a like beloved rabbi and teacher and was always kind of telling them that there was more to it than that. But then they experienced this resurrection thing and that like really blows everything open and is like, wow, the ramifications of this person, of this life are so much bigger. So now we are like thinking, well, I am the vine. I am the good shepherd. Like, they're trying to make sense of this cosmic reality of Jesus's life, death and resurrection now, you know, after the fact for their communities that they're writing for and from. So so just think about that, you know, like what does it mean in the light of the resurrection for 
we for us to be talking about all these I am statements. Why do you think they're coming up? Um, and I think I have the first point. You do. All right. The first point is mine, and I thought of I just this general. I thought of it like as soon as I read these first few verses, it was the first thing that popped into my head, and I don't think I thought about it like this before. This I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear fruit. Um, and I'm just thinking about the if that I've always thought about this as like how um, that Jesus is emphasizing the the disciples' relationship to him, how important it is to be connected to him for the sake of their their ministry, their energy, their growth, and their power. To, to like have their you know mission aligned with God's mission and so it's always kind of stopped at their connection to the vine their connection to Jesus for me and the thing that I thought this morning was like not only the beyond that to like to go beyond Jesus that Jesus may be pointing even beyond himself and their relationship to him to a wider relationship to the whole grape plant you know if if this is a grape vine um, what, is, what does it mean for Jesus to say that I am the vine and you are the branches? And so it's not only about your individual connection to me, but the fact that through me, you are connected to all the other branches in this vine system, you know? And that even then, like thinking way back, all the way, like tracing the vine back into the ground, uh, that, that that vine is then connected through the ground to all the other things. So that it's not just about, I think, I think it's like it's calling us as Christians to go beyond our relationship with Jesus to the larger, again, the cosmic kind of reality of what that relationship means. Because I think that if we, make, if we make Jesus kind of an end in himself, we're doing Jesus a disservice. <laughs> we're doing ourselves a disservice. And we're really, I think, cutting off a significant part of his ministry really things he was trying to say because he wasn't walking around going like guys look at me worship me i'm the end i'm the point this is all about me he what was he doing he was always pointing beyond himself to something larger to community to the kingdom of heaven to forgiveness to god you know and and yes those things through him in some way but it's always through not not stopping at and so like what does it mean that jesus is the connecting there's the fiber that connects all of us together. Yeah. Well, and, and David, I think that's actually the perfect springboard into my point, which is the second point, which has to do with pruning things. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that right in this section that you just highlighted, it says every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. And I think that sometimes in this particular scripture reading, we get very focused on what happens further down where it talks about branches being gathered and thrown into the fire and burned um, as if the whole branch is being cast aside and is ruined. But I like that we are called to realize that pruning has to take place for growth, Mm -hmm. that we are not called to just keep the iteration that we are in right now as perfect the way it is in order to grow or to abide in Jesus and have Jesus abide in us. 
Um, and I was actually specifically thinking, going rogue here, about roses and not grapes. Mm -hmm. So I have a bunch of rose plants at my house, and part of growing roses means that every December, January, at the latest, you have to do a significant amount of pruning in order to get the greatest number of blooms that coming year. And that the pruning is integral as much as water and sunlight and fertilizer, that the pruning is integral to having blooms. Mm -hmm. That's true for us too, right? Like if, if Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, well, we all have seen enough grapevines, rose plants, trees, shrubberies, um, that we know that each branch has sub branches that grow off of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those things don't serve the greater health of the plant. Um, sometimes they are spindly, sometimes they have become damaged, sometimes um, they are infested with fungus, any number of things can happen. Mm -hmm. And that until you cut off that sub branch, that twig, um, that then the rest of that branch becomes more hardy and healthy and can produce a bloom. Mm -hmm. And it does, it's not a great leap to realize that that is true of us as well. Right that sometimes, and you and I actually talked about this before we started rec recording, um, sometimes we simply just say yes to too many things. Mm -hmm. And we find ourselves spread too thin and trying to accomplish more tasks than are physically possible in a day or a week. And none of that is done as well as it should be. And it often diverts our attention from where it is actually supposed to be what our greater call is what the most important need is that week that we have t spent too much time on zoom or doing menial tasks and aren't actually ministering to people and that in those instances that we are called to really look at our own branch our own ministry our own lives and decide what needs to be pruned in order that we can produce the most fruit and it's hard to do that, right? Like as people, it, we really want to be connected and to be successful and to say yes to people. But sometimes saying no and or refocusing ourselves is the thing that we really need to do. Yeah, yeah. because I feel like I know, and I think we all at some level know when things are dead, when they are no longer giving us life and we don't have energy around them and i think i know that i am very hesitant to say no say no to things and especially to to leave things that i am that i have committed to and i'm pouring energy into but i'm not getting anything out of and i like i know i know so long before i end up leaving that i'm that that thing is dead for me you know i can mm -hmm. feel when god is not moving in that thing but I'm so scared of doing that pruning because uh, it feels like one thing. I mean, I have plants that need to be pruned and I know that I'm so hesitant to prune them because I'm scared I'm going to mess up the plant <laughs> that like if I prune it wrong, it's not going to grow back. And there's this yeah. there's this fig tree actually on the Good Sam campus that gets like pruned all completely back. It's like it's just a bunch of twigs and now it's all growing new green leaves and it's amazing. But like yeah. that takes a great amount of faith to prune it to prune back and and believe that growth will happen again, you know. But yeah. but it almost always does, <laughs> you know. It's like for the health of the plant to have that kind of rest, 
to have that kind of time where it's not putting so much energy into growing new things, but is like regenerating. And, and I feel that in my life as well. It's kind of like a, a cyclical kind of thing that I get. I do a bunch of things and I need to prune it back so that I can have energy to do, to grow new things. And to see, and to discern what else you're being called to. Yeah. Um, because sometimes when we're pouring energy into things that have died or are not healthy, um, we cannot actually live into what we are supposed to be doing next. Mm -hmm. um, we can't hear a call yeah. in those moments, right. Right? right? And I actually think that takes us to our third shared point, um, which is about the times that the branch has to be cut cleanly off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cut it all um, off. Is, right? Um, and, but... I love this image of the fact that if it is the vine and we are the branches, that even if the entire branch needs to be cut off, even if you need to grow into a completely new version of yourself, it is not actually you that is being cast into the fire. Mm -hmm. It is that life. It is that life that has to die in order to be resurrected into something new that it's right. an invitation mm -hmm. into into new growth mm -hmm. completely mm -hmm. new growth mm -hmm. completely mm -hmm. complete reimagining and that's exciting a little scary yeah but exciting yeah. right yeah it's like it's cool to think that we are not just we are not just the branch but the space that the branch inhabits we are the like little space on on the vine that jesus is always holding that space for us you know and that and that uh, no matter what happens, we're not the ones being cast into the fire, like you said. You know, people aren't the ones being cast into the fire. But, but we can have that wholesale, you know, pruning of of our. We I think we I think many people have experienced that, and if not, will experience that in their life. Uh, this kind of like wholesale breakdown, falling apart of everything, and in that moment, it all feels like fire. Everything feels like it's getting cast out, and there's and that's ne usually <laughs> almost never the end, but a but a painful, painful new beginning because it feels like starting over from scratch. Um, and it 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 is and it isn't, you know, because you hold the space, you you have all those experiences; those aren't gone, but you also are creating the entire space on the vine for for a new life. And that is yeah. that is hard growth, and it, it requires a lot of starting over. But also, you're starting over with the with the knowledge and the wisdom that you've gained uh, from all the lives you've had before, you know. And it requires true acceptance of the fact mm -hmm. that Jesus abides within us. Yeah. Right. Like right. you cannot be brave enough to do that mm -hmm. and to live through that experience. Well, you can be. I, I don't want to discount the fact that some people just muscle through on their own. But how much easier is it? How much more comforting is it if you accept that that God is in that place with mm -hmm. you, that Jesus abides within you and you within Jesus, and that even in that moment of fire and burning it all down, that that new growth is coming mm -hmm. and that you don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. So that is our three points. Don't have to do it alone. Um, that's really what Jesus is saying here. You don't have to do it alone. I love that. So having uh, our, our first point uh, was mine, and it was about our connection not just to the vine but to all the other branches and what that means uh, for our relationships to one another. 
Number two was Charlotte's, and it was about the importance of that pruning for the sake of new growth and recognizing where pruning can and needs to happen for our own wellness and growth in the future. And the third one was like that one, which was sometimes there's just wholesale cutting off the whole branch, but knowing that it's not us that's getting thrown away, but that it we are the space that the branch inhabits and that wholesale new life can grow uh, where it has been completely pruned. So having heard those points, we'd love to hear from you. Any of your thoughts or stories, you can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. Contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org, or contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith2go. We'll be back for the gospel, to talk about the gospel on May 9th next week. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.